0: Let's just bow and ask God to to bless this time that's right in front of us. Heavenly Father, we come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's no small thing to say that. We come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your beloved Son. The one who came into this world to fulfill your plan and purposes for mankind, the one who willingly gave himself for us and the one whose name we, we, ocu- we, we operate by for we are members of his church. He is the head of the local earthly church. Those who honor him and know him and have been brought into fellowship together by the work of the Spirit so, Father, we, we pray your blessing upon this time now. Speak to this newly formed congregation through your word and, and through the, uh, just the message that we have today. For we ask it now in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, I know some of you are upset with me. Alan Giles was your spokesman before church. And he said, what's the deal? So what's the R word? Your note sheet has blanks, right? Once I give you the R word, you're going to have to write it in seven different times on that sheet. I almost goofed up this week, making the outline. I thought, well, I'll leave the first blank there. I won't tell them what it is, but I'll type it in all the other places. And then I thought, you idiot. That won't work. So they're all blank. And those of you at home, you're going to have to watch and pay attention because the only way you're going to get it is when we review it. But you see, uh, today we're wrapping up this little series of messages that we've called People to Live With. That's what a local church is. People that we live with and worship with in a very special way. Brought together together Into the body of Christ. A local congregation is is a family of faith. People who are bound together by their common commitment to Jesus Christ. People who seek to walk in step with His Spirit and bring honor to His name. People to live with. That's who we have identified ourselves as being over these last couple of weeks as we've committed ourselves to another year and your membership cards are right here. And by the way, there are some cards here. There's some envelopes here. Any of you who have more than three or three or more in your household, I put your cards in an envelope. So you don't come up here and find one and where's the other two and somebody ran home. By the way, one of these envelopes has 12 cards in it. Now that's basically a family, a clan. It's a whole bunch of people who somehow wind up together in the same place and they can distribute them out. We have another envelope here that has nine cards in it. So my stack of individual cards is a little smaller than normal. But we're going to dedicate ourselves and present these cards, our identity to the Lord as part of our offering this morning. At the end of the service, I'll invite you to come up and, and you can get your own and treasure them. Right? Some of you have a whole stack. Others of you, this is your very first one. And what it says and why it says what it says can be a testimony in your life even if you showed it to somebody else. So as we're gathering together and identifying ourselves as the people we will be living with in faith this coming year, I remind you of our series Key Scripture. We've used it every week. Paul first wrote it to the Corinthian church, a body of believers that was forming and didn't have much of a lengthy history at all. But he said to them, you, meaning every one of the born-again believers. And so down through the years, it applies to every group of born-again believers who form themselves into a local congregation. So we can say, you, Sun Life Church, you are the body of Christ in this place. The body of Christ. And each of you is part of it. Now, over the past eight weeks, we've been answering the question, so what kind of people are we? What kind of people did the Bible say that a local church, a local uh, gathering of believers is? What are we like, we who make up this particular local church? Well, eight key biblically-based identifications have captured our attention already. All of them, beginning with the letter R. Yes, who are we who make up Sun Life Community Church? Well, so far we've said the people who make up Sun Life Community Church are these eight things. Reborn people, resilient people, responsive people, reliable people, reflective people, resolute people, reverent people, redeem people. Let's just have, how many of you are like that? You're one of them? How many of you for sure want to be like that? Okay, we always have to leave room for the the humble hearted here. But these are biblical expressions of what people in a local church are to be like and how God would want us to be and how the Holy Spirit is shaping us and building us into. Today we come to the last one. Our series concluding key identification. The people who make up Sun Life Community Church are resplendent people. How many of you figured that would be it? Thank you, thank you, yes. Resplendent. Okay, what does that mean? It means to be glorious, brilliant, lavish, breathtakingly beautiful, stunning, magnificent, or the word I like that we invented a few years ago going through the attributes of Abba. It's splendorous. It just glows. It's a a re- resplendent people just has a, a nature about it that is just uh, bright and shiny and awesome. And when we walk into heaven, we'll say, my goodness, every here is everybody here is resplendent. And that's what we're saying people on earth can be when they're formed together by the Spirit of God into a local family of faith. You see, years ago in the first century when Paul was referring to the people who made up the church in Philippi he said that they shine like stars in the universe stars are awesome even though they're so far away their light can reach us our sun is a star you can't even look at it with the naked eye for long or or you won't see anything ever again resplendent, brilliant, glorious, shining. I want to say to you what Paul said about the people in Philippi and what the scripture here we'll see this morning is saying about us, that's how the Heavenly Father sees us. That's how our Heavenly Father sees you whenever he puts his spiritual glasses on. So don't think you got him completely fooled. But when God puts his spiritual glasses on and he sees us through Jesus Christ, the prescription he's looking through, he sees us as members of his awesome family. He sees us as truly brilliant, shining, resplendent people. And that's really by faith how he wants us to see ourselves. If we see ourselves that way, it's more likely we will find ourselves living that way, being that way, being a light in this world, like a shining, like a star in the universe in your neighborhood, where people just know somehow you got something going that's working for you. And it might work for them too. And so today, as we prepare to gather, as it were, around the Lord's table and share our first communion together as a newly committed congregation, as a body of people who've chosen to live with each other here in this place for the next 12 months, I want to share with you three... Series ending, series concluding observations. We'll just go through them quickly. In our cell group this week, we're going to review the whole series, so be sure to get there. Or when I mail out the, uh, the cell lesson, you be sure you keep it, look it over, and, and just let it settle more into your heart. But here's the first observation we can make. A resplendent church is what Christ is desiring. A resplendent church is what Christ is desiring. One day near the end of his earthly ministry, Jesus announced to his 12 apostles, it's in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he says, I will build my church. First time he let them know, after he was gone, of course he hadn't even told them he was leaving yet, But after he's gone and while he's here and then through the work of the Holy Spirit that he would send, he was going to bring into being on this earth something awesome. Not just have a whole bunch of people who believe in him. Not just have a whole bunch of people who've asked him to forgive them of their sins or ask the Father to forgive them because of Jesus' death on Calvary. Not just millions and millions and millions of individuals, like at a concert where everybody bought their own ticket. They don't know anybody else there. They're just there. There might be 50,000 of them at the concert, at the ball game. Jesus isn't building an audience, He's not building a, a bunch, He's building a group. I will build my church. He says, and by the way, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now that kind of implies members of, who are attached to hell, the devil and those attached to him might try to overcome it. But he says they will not prevail. It's going to be a strong place, a great place, a powerful place, this church. So when Jesus spoke those words, I believe he was envisioning what we're calling today a resplendent church, a church that would live out his teachings, a church that the devil himself could not destroy, a church that would glow with the goodness of God within it, a church that would have the fingerprints of the Holy Spirit all over it, a church that would bring glory to him throughout all time. We sang about glory this morning. Jesus envisions a church that will bring glory to him through all time. A resplendent church indeed. So we can ask, do we? Do we? Can we see the church? Can we see this church, Sun Life Community Church, that same way? The way that Jesus would be anticipating his church would be? If we can, it's an awesome sight, so why don't we put on our spiritual glasses and see one another and see this place and see ourselves as part of a local body of believers in the way that Jesus Christ himself would desire the place to be. Here's how the Apostle Paul expressed the the Lord's desire for the church. And the price that he paid to fulfill that desire. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 26 and 27 says this. He, that is Jesus, he gave up his life for her, that is his church, that he might present her to himself as a glorious church without any spot or wrinkle. Holy and without fault. Whew. Can you imagine the Lord Jesus walking in here today, just descending back down to earth and coming in here and and looking around very carefully at all of us? You kind of drop your eyes, but He looks and He fashions on every one of them and He says, Just what I thought. This is a glorious church. There's no spot or wrinkle. They have accepted me and my death on the cross. They, everything that was wrong with them, every sin that was against them has been washed away, been cleansed. These people are shining examples of people of faith. Faith in me. And my heavenly fathers completely redeemed them, cleansed them. They are awesome. No spot, no wrinkle. They are holy. Well, it starts out my father just declares them holy. But they're kind of growing into it. He declares them capital H holy and most of them are kind of small H holy but every one of them is a little bit holier than they used to be. Some of them we got to go back quite a few years to get that dramatic change, but they're all holier than they used to be. They are more committed to allowing my spirit to walk them through and into the situations of life, and they're handling them as I would want one who's companioned by the Spirit to handle them. Holy, without fault, They're not intentionally, knowingly, purposefully just sinning up a storm. Oh, they fail from time to time. They're still human beings. But it's not because they want to be. It's not because they're seeking to live a godless life. They have no more conscious intention to rebel against God and to violate what he says. And in God's eyes, they not are declared holy, but by the work of the Holy Spirit, they're becoming more and more what that word means, separate from sin. Indeed, a resplendent church is what Christ is desiring, and and that's what he's looking for. That's what he's in the process of building And through the years, there have been congregations that I'm sure have come very, very close to just living in the midst of a fallen world, a righteous, godly, committed life, where they have obeyed him more than they have disobeyed him. Jesus said, I'm going to build a church like that, a church that the devil himself can't destroy. And a church that will be linked to me. And will be a glorious church. So we say a resplendent church is what Christ is desiring. A resplendent church, secondly, is what the Spirit, see, is developing. Now there's a process. Jesus desires it. He has it all pictured exactly what it will look like when it's fully conformed to, to his image. And, and But that same resplendent church church, the same view, the same understanding, the same picture of what it is. A resplendent church is what the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, Numa is busy developing right now in this world. You see, when Jesus left the earth and returned to heaven to receive the glory that awaited him there, remember he prayed, Father, Father, Glorify me with the glory I had with you before the world began. And after he died and and rose and then met with his disciples and 40 days later ascended into heaven, he received the glory that he had had before he left. And he became a resplendent member of the Godhead. When Jesus left earth, returned to heaven to receive the glory that awaited him there, he then sent the Holy Spirit to fulfill his desire for the earth. His desire that a resplendent church emerge on this earth. And the Holy Spirit was given the task of developing that church on earth. The task of making it glorious. Resplendent, even. Here's how the Spirit had the Apostle Paul explain the process. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, And we, Paul referring to all believers there, and we who reflect the Lord's glory. See, you can't be a believer in Jesus Christ without knowing he's glorious. Right? You can't think of the Lord Jesus and what he did. You can't yield yourself to him. You can't ask the Father to forgive you of your sins because of what Jesus did for you. You can't be in any way associated with the glorious Son of God and not have a little of his glory bounce off on you. It's like when Moses was on the mountain. That's the example they're talking about. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days. He met face to face with God. And when he came down, the glory of God was just reflecting off of his face so much the people couldn't handle it. He had to put a veil over his face. Now Paul is saying, almost like we all know this, he didn't get into a whole lot of explanation. He just says it. He says, "Now we who reflect the Lord's glory," and he could have said, "Don't we? Don't we?" Doesn't a real believer who hangs around with the presence of Christ's Holy Spirit and who has any kind of a sense of, in fact, right now, you people glow. Go ahead. Try not to look serious, George. Let let that glow just come out there. You can't hang around with the Lord and the Lord's people, glorious people and a glorious savior and not have a little of that bounce off of you. So Paul just states that it as a fact. We are all reflecting the Lord's glory. That's just being a Christian. As soon as you're a Christian, as soon as you commit your life to Jesus Christ, there's something about him that begins to be reflected in you. He says, well, we're all like that. And we who reflect the Lord's glory now are being. See, something's happening beyond just that initial reflection. Are being transformed into his likeness. He's over here. He's glorious. In his presence, we bounce back. We reflect a little bit of that. But he's doing that because of who he is. All we're showing is a reflection, just bounces back off of us. But Paul says now, now, beyond that, where sometimes people come up to you and say, Are you a believer? Something about you is kind of bounced off and and they kind of sense maybe you know the Lord, maybe you're a fellow Christian. You're reflecting something of the Lord. But, Paul says, here's what's really the, the, the thing, the process. We are being transformed into his likeness. So instead of just bouncing something of him off of us, we're actually becoming a little bit more like him to where we might have a little bit of glory ourselves for people to see. See, now we're not just a mirror, but now we're actually a person that is turning into something that has a little, just like we have little H holiness, we might have little G glory that's starting to show up in our lives. And he says... We are transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. Well, that ought to be true. The more we get like Jesus, the more glorious we ought to be, right? Little by little by little, we're growing in this thing. And he says, increasing glory which comes from the Spirit. See, it's the Holy Spirit who produces that that growing life in us which is really glorious to see if we just let it let the spirit have control of us so that's what Paul says the spirit's developing it and think of it it's happening right now by the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives just as it was happening in the lives of those who followed Jesus in his own day Jesus recognized it and he rejoiced John chapter 17, where it's recorded, Jesus' high priestly prayer, the prayer he prayed to his father the very night he was betrayed, he said this, John 17, he said, Father, glory has come to me through them. Jesus felt glory pouring into him. Because of his disciples and who they were and what they did. Them, who in their own eyes hadn't really done anything except give up everything to follow him. And so I would say for those of us following him today, glory. Glory can come to him through us right now. Glory is coming to him through us right now. Think of this, we believe and Jesus is glorified. We obey his teachings and Jesus is glorified. We remain faithful and Jesus is glorified. We remember and celebrate his death for us in communion and Jesus is glorified. We confess our sins and Jesus is glorified. Better yet, we repent of our sinful practices and Jesus is glorified. You see, glory comes to him as the Holy Spirit does his work in our lives and all that glory we bring to Jesus makes us a resplendent church. The Spirit is doing his work among us. Third thing, a resplendent church is what the Father delights in. Romans 8.29 says this, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. We talked about that. So that he, the Son, might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. God the Father looks forward and has planned for the day and anticipates the day when his beloved Son, Jesus Christ, will be the first member of an immense family of faith. Every member of this reborn, redeemed human family will be mirror images of God's beloved firstborn son, their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so as the Apostle Paul explained to the Ephesian church in Ephesians chapter 1, all of us together will be, Paul says, to the praise of the Father's glory. I believe Jesus Himself will join in that course of praise, praise to the Father, in praise of the Father's glory. For we read in 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty four, Paul says, "Then the end will come, when everything gets wrapped up. Then the end will come when He, Jesus, hands over the kingdom. That is everything that He has won." by his death on Calvary, everything that belongs to him, he will hand over the kingdom to God the Father so that God, God the Father, may be all in all. And what a glorious day that will be, joining Father and Son and Spirit, you and I, in a resplendent eternity. Final thought says this: Blessed indeed is a church body that is composed of people who shine, who shine forth with the light of Christ Himself. Sun Life Community Church is composed of such resplendent people, people we can delightfully live with. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have conceived and Jesus Christ has made possible and the Holy Spirit is producing in our midst a church, a local body of believers that that seeks to show forth the wonder, the glory of Jesus our Savior, your Son. And Father, we thank you for the privilege we have of being such a church, to be able to have the, the opportunity by your Holy Spirit to be changed, to become mirror images of Jesus that, that show ourselves to, to just have a kind of reason for living and a purpose in living and a joyfulness in living that unbelievers could look and say, you know, that's, that's pretty glorious. Wish my life was like that. Father, thank you for each one in this room and I pray that as we form ourselves together in a fresh identity that that we might just sense how great our God is, your plans for us, Christ's desire for us and may you delight in us for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope this message has inspired you to live the sun life together with us. If you are near Apple Valley, California this weekend, we invite you to join us in person Sunday morning or through our live broadcast. All the details are on our website at sunlifecommunitychurch.com.